podcast is designed for Christian women who God is called to a career. Our goal is to identify the modern Esther in all women and to leave you feeling empowered with the mission to glorify God. Thanks to all who have been listening and eagerly anticipating our next episode. We do apologize for not releasing one two weeks ago for Mother's Day, but we couldn't get all of our ducks quite lined up to make that episode what we wanted, but we promise to not disappoint this episode, and um, we also are going to uh, release who the next biblical woman is that we're going to study, but I'm not going to tell you that until the end of the episode, so keep listening. Um, unfortunately, today Amy couldn't make it, but we do have a guest host that you've heard from before, Amanda Harris. Um, if you all remember, Amanda is currently living in D.C. as a government attorney, so we are on FaceTime right now. Amanda, want to say something? Hi! Um, I'm just laughing because, as usual, when I'm on this um, podcast, it's a weird... Uh, <laughs> so if you hear something in the background, it's my dog. Um, <laughs> She literally just made a little, like, grunting noise. So, <laughs> um, I'm so happy to be here and so thankful um, to be a part of the show. Yes. Um, and so this is actually funny. I'm super glad that Amanda could join us this week because we were actually FaceTiming when I was working on this podcast. And this is, like, an episode that pretty much encompasses so many of Amanda and I's conversations. So... I just thought it would be a really good idea to have her kind of talk this through with me. I mean, she's got a lot of wisdom, even though she will not admit it into, um, uh, I think, especially about this topic. So it's entitled, uh, The Best You for an Incomparable God. And this is the time when I really wish that the podcast was live, because then I could poll everybody and ask, have you ever compared yourself to anyone? I think that's a poll probably should be reflected at 100% yes. 100%, if, yeah. If, you have, if you're not saying yes, then, then you're probably not uh, being truthful to yourself. <laughs> because I think we all have compared ourselves to other people. Uh, I know we've talked about this a lot. It, you know, it, it starts at really probably a young age, and then it just seems to, to keep going. It's, you know, I wish I was as smart as somebody that was in my class, or yeah. I wish I was as pretty as her, you know, the girl that I go to school with or, um, and then like as time progresses, like I wish I had the boyfriend that she has or the attention that she gets from, from guys our age. I mean, it just keeps going. Yeah. I mean, it does. And then, I mean, what I'm starting to, you know, see now sometimes even with marriages or children is, you know, you can't help but compare your marriage or you can't help but compare your kids and, and their development process. And, you know, it's it reminded me of a discussion that Amanda and I had about. So we watched the royal wedding, of course. We did. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I like would like to caveat that by saying I did not get up at 4 a.m. to watch the royal wedding. I watched the clips. <laughs> yes, I did too. I watched the clips on Snapchat. But that's really all that you needed to know because I was able to see George Clooney's beautiful wife in yellow. And she pretty much stole the show. I feel like she was definitely the best dressed. She was sure. the best dressed. Um, but we were talking about it kind of after we were talking about you know the dresses and the people and all that kind of stuff. And um, and I had come across this quote, and it said, "In a world full of Kim Kardashians, be a Meghan Markle." 
And like, I mean, it, it, this is kind of ridiculous because it's like in a world full of Kim Kardashians and Meghan Markle's, like, be yourself. Right. I mean, who, right. who is, you know, Danielle Pickenpop or Amanda Harris or, you know, insert your name here, I think. Yeah. It, of, it doesn't make what? any sense, like, why. I mean, not no offense to any of them, but that's not, no, I'm not going to have them as my goals. Either one of them, they're not going to be the women I look up to. Um, but I do, I, it does kind of bring it to, like, why is this so challenging? Why is this you so know, challenging? Especially, I think, um, for women, it's just a sort of struggle that a lot of us have. And and we were kind of talking about, I think, some reasons maybe that, that would be. Uh, the first thing I think we came up with was social media. And I don't think social media invented comparison yeah, by any means. No. <laughs> I think it, it fueled that fire though, man. It right. fueled that fire. It's definitely an invitation for a comparison though. Like it's definitely, um, sort of what social media is. It's sort of to look at what's going on in other people's highlight reel of their life. Um, and it, it's a contrast between like their highlight reel or E E L uh, and what real life is, R-E-A-L. And it's hard to remember that what we're seeing on the screen isn't necessarily like someone's real life. And it really is yeah. just, you know, the best things. And, I, and I'm and i glad it is, right, because we don't want to see those, like, 10-minute rants about life necessarily on social media. But <laughs> it, does, it does mean that you can kind of think that you're missing something. Yes, yeah. Um, because of what other people have you know, on their accounts. And now there's more than just Facebook. There's Instagram and Snapchat and things that I don't know about because I'm already starting to feel like I'm out of the, of the tech savvy. Yeah, I don't think you're missing. I don't think you're missing much. Yeah. I mean, the best part about Snapchat are the filters. Those are the fun. Like Again, feeding the comparison. I know. look flawless at any... Like you just ran a marathon and somehow the sweat is like glistening instead of. <laughs> um, but another, I think I think that goes to another, you know, point though. Um, the other sort of idea that we came up with was another reason that that in the comparison game is is hard and happens is because we uh, are worried and about feeling different and about mm-hmm. feeling judged, you know, for being different. I think you and I both have felt this yeah. way, Danielle. I mean, there were times, a lot of times, we, I mean, we were in a sorority, Amanda and I were in a sorority in college together, and we would some oft, quite often be the only two people on, like, a date party night or, you know, whatever event was going on, and still in the library, you know, and we didn't have boyfriends in college. Well, we kind of, we kind of, dan- we, you know, danced around, yeah. Right. Um, not but, for very long or very... <laughs> no, not long at all. Um, and so it was kind of like, I mean, you and I would have this conversation even into our, you know, late 20s because it was like everybody was getting married and you and I were always about our career and we always felt, I think, I mean, I always felt like it was just this fear of just being different and not like you know, the mode of what a normal Kentucky girl was supposed to do when she was 22 or 25. Um, right. If I'm being honest, I still, you know, feel that way to a certain degree. I go to a lot of weddings by myself. Still, I'm going to a lot of weddings by myself. Yeah, she's got a lot this year. <laughs> a lot of weddings. 
the last wedding I went to, I was proud of myself. I was just like, you know, this is who I am. I'm at the time I was 29. Now I'm 30. I'm an idiot. Um, but I, you know, I'm a 29 year old single woman, like going to this wedding and I'm proud of who I am and it doesn't necessarily fit into the mold of yeah. everyone else. But you, you do feel that like twinge of Ooh, I'm the only one here, you know, by myself or you know, not married or not engaged or uh, what have you. And it's easy to fall into that fear and, and sort of shrink who you are because of your fear of what other people might think about that. Yeah. It definitely, that, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Yeah, no, and I mean, that it also is, I think, sort of the third thing that you and I were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it plays into that. It's the fear of not being good enough. Yeah, um, absolutely. And not being, you know, it's not being as good as someone else because of, you know, maybe where they are or what they have. Yeah. And it really does, it stills your joy in each season that you have if you're constantly fearing instead of living. Right. Um, Yeah, I mean, comparison is the thief of joy. It really... It is, yeah. It really is. And And it's a thief of seeing who you are. And who God sees you as, I think. Yeah. Uh, which is, is and, and it's not unique, I think, um, to women, and it's not unique to today's time. I mean, Scripture is full of examples. Uh, in the Bible, Cain and Abel, uh, Joseph and his brothers, Leah and Rachel, and I think all of those we tend to sort of gloss over as sibling rivalry. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you like peel back the um, the layers, I think you see the root of a lot of their problems was comparison. Yep. Uh, and the common, I think, theme that runs through those stories that that comparison uh, ultimately leads to negative consequences. And Cain and Abel's uh, situation, it leads to Cain murdering Abel. And in Joseph and his brothers, um, it led to slavery for, for Joseph and his brothers deceived, um, you know, the father. And uh, Lee and Rachel, it leads to, you know, jealousy and insecurity about who they are because, yeah worried about each other so yeah I love I love all of those examples and um Amanda and I were kind of like is there an example in the Bible that that talks about comparison or insecurities or fear this kind of fear of you know being judged for being different or not being good enough that's not siblings and the first one I could think of was Peter and Paul um because Peter was you know I mean out of the mouth of Christ the rock and the foundation for the church and then Paul was definitely called to preach to the Gentiles. So here you have one called to preach to the Jews, and you have another called to preach to the Gentiles. Yet both of them, at some time or another, had to preach to the Gentiles, and the other one had to preach to the Jewish people. So their goal was the same, but the way they went about, um, you know, I guess what we now know as born-again Christians was completely different and God had a different purpose for that. But in Galatians 2, 11 through 13, it talks about a time where Paul extremely disagreed with Peter because Peter was eating with Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But then it says he was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. So as a result, the other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. And then that just made Paul so upset Um, that they didn't have to be circumcised and you can eat with them. And, you know, after the veil was torn, after the death of Christ and resurrection, it is brought to all people. And so, you know, here you see Peter just kind of struggling with how he's going to look, right? 
And then you've got Paul coming in there. And I just think it's it's really interesting. I was telling Amanda and a couple of people who've heard me talk about this test. It's it's actually a really good test. It's called the Lassie. Um, it's a test that the dental uh, student affairs gave us the week before dental school to kind of tell us and reveal our strengths and weaknesses that we had specifically in academics. So if you answered the questions honestly, it would actually show strengths in study habits, learning behavior, test taking, the psychology and attitude that you have towards learning in general. And when we all got our test results back, we were told to look over and notice the areas of weakness so we could improve them. But it really bothered me that we were supposed to focus only on our weaknesses because I didn't know how I could improve them as they were asking me to do if I didn't know the strengths that were in my bucket. So for example, I have had test anxiety all my life so it wasn't a surprise to see that my test anxiety was like less than a 10, I think, on this score. Thank you for telling me what I already know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, gotcha, pretty sure I knew that. And uh, I mean, to improve that, yeah, there's medications, you could do that. But I just, I felt like I've made it this far without taking anything, so I might as well just not worry about it. I felt like it's always been one of those things where um, it was just allowing me to have more faith in Christ and just kind of put that in his hands and understanding that that's a weakness I'm always going to have. But some of the strengths that I didn't know that I had was preparing for exams and self-testing. And I think that came from when I taught at the community college here in town where I was able to kind of formulate tests to help them prepare. It kind of made me be a better um, test preparer and prepare for exams. And so that's a perfect way to combat test anxiety. If you're constantly self-testing yourself, then you're just used to the material by the time you get there. And it kind of hit me, this could pertain to all areas of our life, right? If we don't know what our strengths are, then we can't focus on them to combat our weaknesses. Because we have many weaknesses, but God has given us so many strengths, and they are known as the spiritual gifts. It says in Romans 12, 6 through 8, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do so diligently. But if it is mercy, do it cheerfully. Um, and so Amina and I were kind of thinking like, well, how are ways that we can focus on our strengths? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, and I think the first thing is to know that God's got your weaknesses. And, and Scripture said that, Second uh, Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. Um, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sakes, I delight in the weaknesses, in results, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. For he, I think that might be, yeah, okay. Yeah, I was thinking for a second, there's a verse that says, for when I'm weak, he is strong, but I'm not sure <laughs> that's this verse or not. Um, but, I mean, I think yeah. the point is that, that focusing on the fact that God has um, our weaknesses taken care of, Mm-hmm. Uh, we can kind of focus on our on our strengths. And I was talking to you about this earlier. I think sometimes when we worry about our weaknesses a little bit less, sometimes God will, over time, um, improve those for us. I think I used to be a really impatient person, and I prayed about that for a while. And, I, you know, when you got asked at a job interview what your weakness was, I would say I was impatient. 
um, something like that. And, and now I, you know, over time, I, I wouldn't say that anymore. And I think yeah. I worried about it less and then, and tried to start focusing on the things, um, that I can do rather than the things that I can't do. And I think that God can use your, your strengths as well as your weaknesses. Um, and in first Corinthians 12, 11 through 12, um, it says that all these, the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines, just as my body through one has many parts, um, but all its many parts from one body. So it is with Christ. Yeah. And I think that's just saying like, God's given you a lot of, of strengths and we're not going to all have the same ones, um, but they're all from the same God. Um, yeah. And it really does like bind us together uh, in a really cool way because we are different and because uh, we all have different uh, strengths. So, um, and, and then once we kind of are able to maybe be confident, I guess, maybe is the right word in the mm-hmm. strengths that, that God has given us. And maybe you can start to recognize your friend's strengths and your family or your colleagues' uh, strengths and, and not be necessarily jealous anymore, but be um, proud of them and to try to help them, I mean, sorry, get them to help you or to, to work with them so that your strengths can kind of work together and instead of the pitting against each other, I think, which is the comparison mm-hmm. um, game that we all uh, play sometimes. I mean, I think I was talking to you about this. I think one of your uh, gifts is teaching, and I don't think that I see that in myself necessarily, but you know, you can find uh, strength in your friends, and you can be proud of, of the the gift that they have and the way that they're using it. Um, I think Paul did this a little bit with the Ephesians, um, and Ephesians 1, 16 through 19. Um, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the gift of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so he like sort of gives us a model, I think, a little bit. He, he thanks the Lord for them, and then um, he prays for God to give them wisdom, and then he asks God to give them hope for what God has called them to do. And so I think that's a cool um, model that we could use to, to think about our friends and their strengths and and how we pray about them instead of sort of comparing ourselves yeah. to them. I really like that. I think that um, you just you just made me think of something. On our little girls trip that we take, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm Amy and then Amanda and then our one other friend. And, um, and I was thinking how different we all are. My mom's always said how different all four of us are. Um, but it's kind of weird to see that how close we all are too. But... When I look at each one of them, you know, um, when I look at Amy, I just see this unbelievably kind, forgiving spirit that I don't think that any of the others, you know, just share. And then, you know, you've got Katie, who is unbelievably honest. And I mean, she, you know, I mean, she's just, she's so honest and she's so real. 
and she's just able to give you information. Um, there's nothing fake about Katie. There will never be anything fake. But she does it in a way that's just like with extreme loyalty too. And then with you, Amanda, like I've just seen, um, you know, just I'm, I think undying loyalty is just one of your best qualities. Um, you never judge any of your friends and you are always there for all of them. And I think anybody listening to this who is your close friend knows that that to be true. And what I think is really cool about that is, you know, you may have like a little bit of each one, but that's not going to be like your, your, you know, I think your shining strength. But when I was like thinking about your guys' strengths just now, I mean, I didn't even think I was going to talk about this, but (laughs) it made me realize that it's not even a comparison so much as like, yes, I have always wanted Amanda's patience. I think that's funny that you never thought that you were because I always thought that you had (laughs) extreme patience or, you know, or your loyalty and not judgmental attitude and Katie's honesty and Amy's kindness. And you kind of go through and be like, why can't I be that way? But what I had come to kind of understand was that I get to see little glimpses of God, you know, all of those amazing things in each of you. And that makes up this cool little unit to glorify him. Um, You know, and then, you know, that kind of, that kind of brings me to the second point was, um, I love this verse in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says you should seek after love and you should truly want to have all the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And we're not really going to talk about the gift of prophecy, but I just thought that was so cool. You should have, you should want to have the spiritual gifts. Cause I remember telling my dad and having this conversation, well, if it's a gift, then you can just ask for it, right? Like you can just ask God for a gift. And if you, you know, if you ask, yeah. it will be given to you. And um, Amanda brought up a really good point about the different seasons of your life um, and how, I mean, you can, yeah, you can talk yeah, about that. I, I think that it's cool to sort of, you can reflect back maybe over your, your life and ways that you were able to glorify God. And I bet that it would be different, um, in different seasons of your life. I think I was just thinking of kind of a small example now in my life, I don't have kids. And so I watch kids during church for um, families with children and that enables them to go to church. And it's something I can give right now that I might not be able to give one day if I have kids of my own. I mean, I may not be able to, mm-hmm. uh, to serve in that same way. And I think that that's something that, that evolves over time just based on uh, where you are in life. And I think that's a cool thing because something you might be lacking now might eventually become something yeah. that's a strength later on yeah. and I think that gives us a lot of hope too and um it makes us worry less about where other people are uh, there aren't really you know I don't think God has like society has these like timelines of where you think you should be and as women a lot of times we want to fall into that societal timeline and you know God has his own you know timeline for things and so instead of fighting it and, and sort of being unhappy with the season that you're in I think that you have a lot of opportunity to use um, the gifts that God has given you like at that moment. Yes. And I I mean, I think it's interesting. You heard a really cool story um, about the carrot. I think this kind Uh. of, no, I think it kind of, I mean, I think it kind of, you know, fits right, right here. You were at church. Yeah. I think there is something, I'll probably butcher this. So (laughs) you should probably look up how carrots are. are. reproduce because I'm sure I will mess it up um but essentially I mean a a carrot apparently if you um once it's 
ripe after you've grown the carrot, um, if you pull it from the ground at that time, it won't like reproduce into other carrots because that's not how uh, carrots reproduce. You have to leave it in the ground and it has to go through like a winter. Um, and, and at that point it will have a, a, a something like a stalk, I think at, at the top. And then that's when it will produce more carrots. And so I think sometimes you have to weather that time that you're in the ground um, and you kind of feel, you know, forgotten about and, and, passed over or whatever. And, um, I think it's just knowing that wherever you are, um, whether you're the carrot in the ground or, <laughs> or whether you're the carrot that has been, um, harvested that, you know, God is using you and your strengths wherever you are, you know, yeah. in your stage of, of life. Oh, so, I love that. Apparently you should look up carrot. Carrot harvesting. <laughs> I do. I think that's a perfect, like, I think that's a perfect example because like there may be so many strengths and weaknesses in your life. They're all actually set in place for you to bring glory to God. Um, in James 4, 10, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. And, um, and I do not know who I, I heard this from. I don't know if it was a pastor or a wise friend, but I'd heard this quote and it says, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And so I think that when you just start focusing on how you can use your strengths to serve God in any capacity, you will eventually just accomplish that goal in life, which is the whole reason why you were created. Um, You know, so kind of exactly what Amanda was saying, like if you're the carrot in the ground right now, be happy about being the carrot in the ground and don't compare yourself to the carrot that harvested because Either that time will come for you or you have you are serving a different purpose. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. So the same God. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And I just, I love that because especially as working women or, or women that, um, you know, maybe have left the workforce to serve their family in that capacity. You know, we are serving a God that is glorified in our weakness and defines our strengths. We are not alone. We make up the body of Christ and we serve the Alpha and Omega. So be the best you for an incomparable God. Amanda, do you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Sure. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for being an incomparable God and um, for giving us not only the strengths that each of us have, but our weaknesses too, but we know that uh, you work in both our strengths and our weaknesses. And today, Lord, we just ask that we take a look at ourselves and see, uh, see ourselves the way that you do um, incomparable and irreplaceable Lord. And, and that we seek to look at each of our and, and family members differently and and thank the Lord for their strengths and, and how you use them in our everyday lives, Lord. Um, continue to touch the lives of each of the women listening today and we pray that as we go throughout the week, Lord, that we compare ourselves less um, and seek you and love you more. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Amanda, for joining us this week via FaceTime. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, you 
having me from far away. <laughs> <laughs> it's been actually good. So I hope that you were able to hear everything. Um, I guess I'll be checking that in a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I'm super excited to announce that um, our next woman is going to be Deborah. And Amanda, who is Deborah? The judge. The judge. Yeah, she's the first female judge. And so um, we thought it appropriate because um, we went from, you know, oh, Esther, who is a, a woman empowered by marriage, and, and Deborah seems to be chosen. Um, you know, it's not, you know, not marriage related. So um, it's going to be interesting. I've never actually done an intense study with Deborah. Um, Amanda, have you? Have you done? Yeah. No, I have a lot to learn, honestly. And I, I you know, being field you would think I'd have some knowledge of Deborah, but yeah. I really don't. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very, it's It'll very be fun. Legal. It'll be fun. It will be, it will be fun. So catch us back in two weeks as we start her series. And as always, thank you guys so much. Follow us on iTunes, Stitcher, and um, just stay updated on the Facebook page. We love you guys. See ya. Bye.